Welcome to the Fully Delighted Podcast, a hopeful and helpful resource from South Mountain Community Church, a multi-site church in Utah. Each week we will be hearing from our staff as we explore what makes SMCC unique, as well as what it means to be fully devoted and fully delighted in Jesus Christ. We hope this podcast can be a helpful resource for you to take your next step with Jesus. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Fully Delighted Podcast. My name is Adam and I get to serve as the Campus Support Team Director here at South Mountain Community Church. And with me today, I've got, as usual, our lead pastor, Paul Roby, and also a guest that you've been on the podcast before. I have, yeah. Yeah, you have, Let's, yeah. See, let's see if the listeners can guess who I am. <laughs> who <just> is kidding. it? <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Henderson, um, our campus pastor at our South Jordan location. Uh, good to have you on, man. Hey, thanks for having me back. Yeah, you're on, you've are on. you been on staff now for a year, right? Uh, I hit a year last Monday, October 18th, yeah. Wow, yeah, awesome. So I made it, Paul. I Why does it, it seem like it's a long, <laughs> lot longer? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if that's a good thing or a I, bad thing. <laughs> I've been telling people, I was like, this feels like it's been 10 years, but in a good way. Like, it feels... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it feels good, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I, I'm like, oh, you've been here for a long time, but a year. You feel like, it feels like you're part of the family. I, that's where that's where really it feels like, yeah. I mean, as soon yeah. as we got here, I was here a month before my family got here, and I felt invited into the family right away. So I think that's absolutely what it feels like. Yeah, very cool, very cool. Well, let's go ahead. We've been continuing through Galatians. Um, took a break last week. Now we're back this week again. Um, and we're, we're starting a new chapter in Galatians. Um, so we've gone all the way from chapters 1 through 3, and now what we get to do today is start into chapter 4. And so again, for our listeners, if you're just popping in here for the first time, uh, we're usually uh, reading out the a New International Version. You could do this in any version if you want, but that's just what we're referencing here as we read. So I'm going to go ahead and read the first chunk, which is chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. It says, What I am saying is that as long as an heir is under age... He is no different from a slave, although he owns the whole state. The heir is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were under age, we were in slavery under the elemental spiritual forces of the world. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, and the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Wow, lots to to break down (laughs) in that. (laughs) Well, let me see if I can summarize that paragraph. And I I hope that you'll fill in the blanks, Kyle, yeah. and help me out a little bit here. But this is not easy. I just mm. want to say that for the average Bible reader, uh, boy, time to get out the commentary. A little bit, yeah. Uh, you know, this is when you need a study Bible yeah. to kind right. of help you along here. So what he's basically doing is comparing and contrasting uh, the idea of a pagan and a young Jewish person, or, yeah. or, okay. or just a Jewish person under the law. And obviously, um, in paganism, you're enslaved to those spiritual forces. Yeah. But I think we'd be, it would be wrong to think of us, uh, to think of those spiritual forces as uh, just pagan gods. Right. Mm-hmm. I think there's something behind that, and that is a system. And that is, and what we refer to that system is, is 
as religion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is you you get what you earn. You you need to perform certain spiritual activities in order to gain the favor of God. And that's certainly true of paganism. I mean, it's filled with superstition. It's filled with taboos. Yeah. It's it's filled with uh, all kinds of activity that is to somehow ward off those e- the negative effect of those evil forces and somehow get into the good graces of their gods. Mm-hmm. And so what happens is that this idea creeps into Judaism quite easily because they have the Old Covenant. And the Old Covenant is simply uh, the Law of Moses and what Moses said regarding the Old Covenant. And and the Mm. word covenant is a promise, and that is basically uh, Moses is saying, if you will, God will. And, And what that means is if you will follow the law, and and worship God exclusively and keep this keep the uh, commandments, especially things like the Sabbath and 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 uh, sacrificial system and those sorts of things. Uh, God will give you peace. He'll give you prosperity, and He'll give you a land. And of course, the the great illustration of God fulfilling His promise to Israel uh, in one sense of the word and to Judah, as they were a divided kingdom, is Israel went north to Assyria. They were taken captive because they lost their land. They lost their peace, and they lost their prosperity because of of, uh, disobedience. And then Judah, Jerusalem, got carried off to Babylon, and that's a fulfillment of what Jesus promised. If you do this, I will do this. So there's blessing or cursing involved with the law and the Old Covenant. And so it's the elemental spiritual forces. It's the elemental idea that God uh, will if you will. And so what that has done, though, in Judaism and the message of the Judaizers is, oh, no, that's that's not just the Old Covenant. That is a means of salvation. Yeah. And so they've lost track of the Abrahamic covenant, which the Abrahamic covenant is uh, you, your faith will now be credited to you as righteousness, Genesis 15, 6. Mm, right. And so every single person who places their faith in God, Jew, Gentile, Christian, you know, whatever, it's faith in God. It's trust, and trust breaks that consequence of Adam and Eve mistrusting God, yeah. distrusting mm-hmm. God, failure to trust. Right. And that trust was broken, and, and so was the relationship. The way to mend that relationship is to now trust God. Right. That's a page right out. Of, sorry, I was just thinking about this because I was doing the Living FD book. Right. Uh, that's I don't know which week that is, four or five or something like that, but yeah, there's broken trust. And the only way to mend that is then trust again. Yeah, so. and it is interesting because we we look at you know this, the the letter to the Galatians is fascinating because you can you can see how frustrated Paul is, how tired Paul is. You know he's uh, he's spent so much time, and all of a sudden this new group of people come in and they begin to share basically uh, this Jewish idea on steroids, bringing in the the pagan mm. understanding of. Uh, like you said, Paul, um, uh, I will do, and then you know God will do, and uh, you know so many wrong things that happened in pagan culture were attributed to the gods being angry or upset, and then taking this whole belief system that fell under Jewish law and putting it on steroids, literally mm-hmm. saying like, mm-hmm. no, 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 you need to. It, what Paul said is not correct, or this is actually how you're supposed to 
Yeah. I love that. I love that phrase. He says, you are no longer, this is verse seven, you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. that takes it from this, if you will work, I will pay you. Right. That mm-hmm. type of relationship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To no, you're a son. You're gonna get paid. Yeah. You're my son. I'm all you you own mm. everything. As soon as I die, it all goes to you. Right. Mm. And so the new covenant is even if you don't, I will. Wow. Yeah. And and that's the beauty of God. We're not earning anything. We we have a relationship that's built on trust and and love. Yeah. And loyalty. It's it's not a matter of us earning anything. Right. Mm. I, I love I love this comparison, this contrasting between an heir and a slave, uh, and the heir being equivalent to the slave as long as they're underage, as long as the time right. before right. the father sets, which is you know death or upon passing on this inheritance, mm. uh, that that underage heir, even though he owns everything, uh, and he is is the rightful you know proponent uh, or you know. Heir to, to the the estate and everything um, is equivalent to the slave in the sense of everything is still. I, I don't. I mean, how do you understand? How do you kind of talk through that? Yeah, uh, obviously, a child doesn't understand the grace of God right, very well. Right, and 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 that era uh, of the old covenant ended when Christ came. Right, and so you, the this this way of relating to God of um, if, if I will, you will. Yeah. Um, that's what a child understands. Yeah. Let's face it, that's yeah. just the elemental oh, yeah. teachings of the world. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. This is what kids get. Like, if you don't, you're gonna, if you do, I'll, I'm going to spank you. We do. <laughs> if you well, don't and, do and, that, I'm going to spank you. For, for uh, <laughs> parents in my age range right now, it's, you know, my son, Clayton, if you don't clean your room up, you're not going to get screen time. Right? Yeah, like, right. you have to do this in order to get this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just the, those elemental Yeah ideas of you get what you earn. Right. Yeah. Right. Love it. I'm glad you guys studied up on this because I, I kind of come in and I host and I'm like, oh, wow, this is there's a lot to this that needs to be explained. <laughs> I don't know what Paul's talking about. This is a super easy, understandable passage. Mm, I'm, yeah, I'm, sure. I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and read kind of the next section. Do you guys care if I just go ahead and read this whole next thought no, as fine. one big piece? Okay. So we're going to continue on through verses uh, 8 all the way through 20, and this is kind of the next thought here. It says, Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? That's what I'm talking about, those Mm. weak and miserable forces. sure, sure. He says, Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. Oh boy, he's a little, he's a little harsh. <laughs> I plead that's with what you. every pastor wants to say. <laughs> yeah, right. That's my the, that's my inside voice. Oh yeah. yeah, yep. All right. So he says, "I plead with you, brothers and sisters, become like me, for I became like you. You did me no wrong." Oops, sorry. My my scrolling just went weird. Um. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. Where, then, is your blessing of me now? 
I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I am with you. My dear children, for whom I am again in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now the change, <laughs> sorry, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone because I am perplexed about you. <laughs> wow, there's a lot of relational right. dynamics going on here. Yes. Oh, this, this is an amazing passage. Let, let me uh, read uh, from a commentary, yeah. mm-hmm. explanation of verse 9, those weak and miserable forces. Uh, it's and, and the idea of being enslaved again to those. And mm. that is trust in legalistic rituals, in moral achievement, in the law, in good works, or even in cold, dead orthodoxy may indicate a relapse into second childhood on the part of those who should be knowing and enjoying the freedom of full-grown sons and heirs. Wow. I thought that Hmm. that guy did a really good job of that. And so big picture is um, young Christians are very vulnerable. Mm. to wolves and and the apostle paul is on a full-on war with the with the legalistic judaizers Mm -hmm. and and here's the deal people that are new christians they love jesus and then somebody comes in and says well if you really want god to bless you you'll have to do this well who doesn't want to be blessed by god right and so they already have a relationship with God. They already, they already love Jesus, and now they're being promised something more. Well, yeah. that something more requires you to submit to some rules and regulations. Uh, that, Like he, he mentioned special uh, days, months, and seasons, and years. And so these guys started to uh, observe the Sabbath again, uh, Day of Atonement, New Moon, mm-hmm. Passover, First Fruit, Sabbath year, yeah. all this kind of... It's like, mm. man, we got to get our act together. The, the, the person that's most likely to become a legalistic Christian is a young Christian. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah. They're so vulnerable to that. Especially what Paul's saying. So I, I switched over to the message, and we don't use message a lot, but I, I, uh, I love how um, the author of the message uh, uh, takes that verse in verse 17. He says, those heretical teachers go to great lengths to flatter you. So to the extent mm. of young believers, young mm. you know, up-and-coming Christians... Uh, being more prone to becoming legalistic, it w- I imagine mm-hmm. to give the Galatians uh, a little bit of benefit of the doubt, like these people were coming and they were they were trying to win them over, like. Yeah. And those Galatians were sincere. They, I mean, were they abs- wanted to do the right thing, Absolutely, and now somebody's yeah. coming and they they bring some new teaching. Man, we've never heard this yeah. before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paul's like, uh, no, right. there's no new teaching here. Right. Yeah. The right. gospel is it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It's uh. Um, yeah, and Adam, you said it as you were reading it, but these two pieces uh, in that Paul is saying in this passage right here, specifically in 8 through 20, mm-hmm. and he ends with by saying, I am perplexed with you. Like, I wish I could be there. I could change my tone because yeah. I have no idea what in the world you guys are doing. Like, I'm so confused yeah. that you have abandoned everything that we have we have done together up until this point, everything that right. I've taught you right. uh, for something that doesn't seem to be... Um, 
I mean, Paul's talking about freedom. This whole mm-hmm. justification, this whole letter is, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, is about um, the freedom that is is given to us because of Christ. Uh, um, and here, these poor Galatians are, you know, just mm. reverting back to this legalistic uh, understanding of relationship with God. Mm. Look at this passage here, verse 17. Those people, talking about the Judaizers, are zealous to win you over, but for no good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. they want is to alienate you from us so that you may have zeal for them. Yeah. Now, who are the people most likely to join the Mormon church? Hmm. Weak Christians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Christians that haven't been to church for quite a while, right. don't really know their Bible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, something happens in their life. They're very vulnerable. Yeah. Mm. And the goal is to alienate them yeah. from us right. so that they will be zealous for them right. and, and mm. the LDS church. I mean, you talk to these converts, right. most of the time, um, I, I hate to pick on some of our, you know, mainline denominations, yeah. but, you know, go to church Christmas and Easter. Huh? Mm-hmm. We call them Christers. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, 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 or Baptists. Baptists actually form the number one group where Mormons get uh, really? converts from. Wow. Yeah. And, and so... I look at this and I go, man, that nothing's changed in 2,000 years. Yeah. Mm. This is the way it works. And mm. what we're talking about here is a works righteousness form of salvation. Yeah. And so, obviously, uh, it's, a, it's a good thing to, to do good things. Absolutely. And, and yet, when you make an idol out of those good things, uh, you think that now God owes you because you've done those good things. Yeah. And and that's what Mormonism is. Yeah. And by and large, it's works righteousness, mm-hmm. not only for salvation, but for blessing. Right. It, yeah. we, uh, so my small group meets on Monday nights, and so we, we're in week six of Living FDFD, Journey to Joy. And uh, this weekend's message, Paul, you said it, we said it um, at all the campuses, uh, but God doesn't need our good works, but our neighbors do. And so right. that's the difference, right, between mm-hmm. the horizontal and the vertical. Uh, and we were talking about last night, sitting right here in this room, actually, about the... The idea that it is, it is so much easier. It really is to use a scorecard that a, a, that religion right. gives you, right? right. It, it's uh-huh. easier because you can at least, uh, you know, uh, moderate your actions and your uh, your belief system on a piece of paper. Right. Um, and it's not fulfilling. It doesn't bring you joy, and ultimately, it uh, mm. <laughs> it causes death. Mm-hmm. But it is it's that wrestling in our mind, especially if we've grown up in a religion, you know yeah. that. Gosh, I just want to know what I'm supposed to do. I talk about this all the time as a youth pastor, and I'm sure those of us who have served youth ministry have heard this before. How many times have we had our students come to us and say, in relationship, uh, in regards to a relationship they're in, uh, hey, you know, Pastor Kyle, how far is too far? Or yeah. where's the line, right? Yes, because yes. in our mind, we want that, you know, we use the term scorecard this weekend. We want that scorecard. We want that, um, I just want to make sure I hit X, Y, and Z. And yeah. once I do that, I'm good. Yeah. There's no joy that comes from that. And honestly, it does only bring death. You know, it doesn't bring real freedom in, in Christ. Yeah. There's something interesting I was just thinking about with new believers that get caught up in this. And I think it can stem from this fact of that, when when you come to understanding of you know God and who Jesus is and, and you're like wow like this is so this is so great this is so amazing and you and then what what can I think easily happen at that point right at the beginning is well how can I best um, 
please this person, right? Like how can I earn more of their love? How can I earn Mm -hmm. more of of their favor? Right. So I'm so, you know, excited about this relationship. And so now, now what, what do I do next? Right. What's the next thing for me to, okay, I'll get the scorecard out or whatever it looks like. Well, and all goes back to, you know, Pastor Paul has this, uh, in, you know, in this living FDFD workbook Mm -hmm. and this series are going through, but all goes back to the garden and all goes, it all goes back to insecurity and that Mm -hmm. insecurity, right? Like even if it's hard for us to fathom as, you know, fallen human beings it's hard for us to fathom that there is a god out there that can love us uh and 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 really that we can't do anything to have him love us more and mm-hmm. anything to get him love us mm-hmm. less right we talk about yeah. that in the in here at this church we talk about that in our conversations in our groups but that's the gospel message right and it, but it's hard for us to fathom as human beings because in my, our minds it's like yeah but i you know whether it's because of how we were raised mm-hmm. uh, whether it's a specific religion or in our home life uh we always were taught doing gets and even as a parent i joked about it about telling clayton if you don't clean your room you're not getting screen time (laughs) i'm almost like kind of reaffirming that idea he's got to do now there's boundaries as parents right yeah Yeah, paul you got something yeah just our our concept of grace and truth is supported here yeah uh if we if we go to uh, verse 15 it says where then is your bless your blessing of me now in other words you guys used to feel really good about Mm -hmm. me and now Mm -hmm. you just hate me I can testify that if I could have done so, uh, um, if you if could, you have, could done have, so, have done yeah. so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable yeah. dedication, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Right, right. Then in verse 16, it says, have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? I was re-listening to this on the way in this morning. Uh, I was listening to it via the app on my car in my car, and I thought to myself, what... You know, what makes, and I'm going to butcher how I even thought about it, but uh, the enemy, uh, someone, uh, when truth is available to people uh, and they don't like that truth or that truth doesn't jive with what they, you know, the paradigm they grew up in or how they see the world, um, instead of us going to a place where we can have conversations and kind of sit down and discuss these differences and these things, and we talk about that here as a staff, mm-hmm. like, we want to learn. We want to we want to employ people uh, and have people serve here who are uh, uh, people who are growing in knowledge and want to learn and okay with you know I'm absolutely okay with not knowing what I don't know mm-hmm. and wanting to find out what I don't know. But the minute that you don't want to do that, you immediately just label someone an enemy. Like Paul, you are my enemy now. I want nothing to do with you because what you're saying doesn't jive with how I have grown up or how, what I believe. Right. It's this idea that somehow. I can have my truth. Ah, speak your truth, subjective Adam. Truth. <laughs> subjective truth. Yeah. yeah, and and the thing is, is that the gospel will it it because it's true. It's exclusive. It excludes other ideas and concepts. Yeah. It it's very specific. The first question we ask ourselves uh, in regards to a song choice is. Does it tell the truth? Yeah. Mm-hmm. When when we sit down to work on a message, we're concerned with let's get this right. Yeah. It has mm-hmm. to be true. Yeah. You know, we are committed to the truth. I I like what you're saying, Kyle, because we're all wired to try to find people who agree with us. Absolutely. I mean, we're all wired mm-hmm. that way. And yep. so I was reading this book a while back called People Fuel. And um it's by Townsend, John Townsend, mm-hmm. yeah. and uh, he talks about four kinds of people that we all need in our life. We okay. need that person to empathize with us. We need that kind of person that will encourage us. Yeah. 
we need that kind of per- the kind of person who says you can do it, but we also need the kind of person that says. It's time for you to get up, yeah. get mm-hmm. off your butt, yeah. and kind of tell you the truth. Absolutely. You know, yeah. that kind of person. Absolutely. Like, have we gotten rid of that person? Do right. we only keep the three other kinds of, of people in right. our life and, right. and never have that person that can speak truth to us? That is a great question yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And, and, the, and the Galatians, I think, were uh, at a point of, man, we like what these Judaizers are saying. And by the way... What's the appeal? The appeal of of legalism is I am better. Absolutely. This, it feeds mm. the ego. Yep. It's the prideful way of yep. life. It's mm. looking down on others. Yeah. And I have the moral high ground and all that kind of stuff yeah. goes yeah. with legalism. That's Absolutely. the appeal. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, you feel good about yourself and or the fact that you're better, right? And again, it just is so bad. It feeds the flesh. Yeah, that, that whole ego is uh, it's just out of bounds for the Christian. Yeah, mm. I, I loved uh, what uh, Dr. Townsend mentioned in those four people, and I think we we are better people. We are better pastors. We're better followers of Jesus if we surround ourselves with people who um, can speak truth in our life. Like mm-hmm. you know, uh, King David had Nathan, and right. Nathan telling him the story and saying, "You're that man." Like. Having those people in our lives are beneficial, and especially people who think differently than us. Um, you know, I, I, every uh, church has some sort of leadership structure, and so whether it's a board of elders or or whatnot, and um, the idea behind having a board like that helping lead a church uh, is not that they are uh, uniformed in idea, but that when they leave a, a board meeting, they're still they have unity. So even if there's differing opinions, they come together. And Paul and even Adam, because you sit in those meetings, you can kind of speak to that as well. Um, I don't want someone to think the same as me. If I think if I have if I'm in an echo chamber and I've got people just telling me I'm not going to grow as a person and I'm not going to be challenged to maybe rethink how I've looked at this world, um, you know, because you mentioned uh, subjective truth and that's really big in our culture right mm-hmm. now. And and but the gospel is it, it's inclusive in that Jesus died for everybody, but it's very exclusive of belief systems that aren't what Jesus taught, you know, that aren't mm-hmm. in Scripture. And so mm-hmm. um, it's an interesting, especially in our day and age and, and my kind of age group uh, and generation, to yeah, think about. I think, I think it's not a bad idea to just note the Apostle Paul was fiercely protective of Absol- the gospel. Absolutely. The truth Absolutely. mattered. And, and it should matter to us. It should matter to us. And, mm-hmm. and he's the perf—the Apostle Paul's the perfect person to be uh, so um, just— wanting to protect it because he also protected, he was so zealous for God. Like he mm-hmm. was, he was protective of the law until he realized that the law isn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't going to bring life. The law yeah. wasn't, you know, it was only going to lead to death and that mm-hmm. Jesus was the only thing that would bring life. And so um, if there's anyone who deserves to be protective of the truth, uh, <laughs> it's the apostle Paul because yeah. he lived on both sides of it uh, mm-hmm. and was protective, ultimately protective of, of God and the law anyway. Yeah. Very cool. Well, guys, I, that's a great uh, man taking a big passage like that with a lot of concepts and and um, man, a lot going on here. Um, you guys did a great job breaking it down, and so hopefully that's helpful to our listeners. I, I just want to repeat yeah. literally in verse nineteen, the Apostle Paul says, "My dear children, from whom I am again in the pains of childbirth." Like <laughs> there is so much pain and frustration that the Apostle Paul has. Yeah, specifically the, the book of the letter in the book of Galatians and how he. 
is reaching out, but he because he's so protective of the truth, yeah. he's also so protective of these people. He wants them to understand the truth. And so right. moms yeah. out there understand the pain of childbirth, but then the beauty that comes from being able to raise a child. Mm-hmm. At one point, uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul's talking about, man, I've been shipwrecked, been beaten, yeah. Yeah. I've been stoned, mm-hmm. I've been uh, jailed, yeah. I've been this, I've been that. And then he says, and then there's always the constant care for all the churches <laughs> yeah. like that's the crowning yeah like that's even a worse beating right than all the yeah. other things. yeah 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 oh my goodness yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's great to see you know honestly the apostle paul modeling um relationships like this mm-hmm. where he is being protected yeah. he loves these people Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's caring for them and saying, hey, I do wish I could be here in person and yeah. change my tone instead yeah. of writing a letter for this. So there's all this relational, emotional dynamic that he's working through here and trying to have great care <laughs> with, yeah. with these people and truth and grace. So, yeah. yep. it is, you know, he's human too. Yeah, so. absolutely. And we've all gotten those text messages, right, where it's mm-hmm. like, oh, what, what are they trying to say? Are they? Yeah. And then we immediately go to the negative and think that. So yeah, yeah it's yeah. this is a, and this is a very deep passage and it just goes back to Paul trying to, reveal the truth and continue to to get them to understand the truth of 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 the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right, well thank you guys for being here today as we continue our journey through Galatians. We will be back next week and I look forward to having our listeners here with us. Everybody take care. Have a great rest of your week. Thanks again for joining us for the Fully Delighted podcast. If you enjoyed this hopeful and helpful resource, we'd love to have you leave us a review or share an episode with a friend. For more information about SMCC, please visit us at our website at smccutah.org. Thank you for trusting us with your time, and we look forward to having you back again soon.